Act Three of the Reign of King Edward the Third, attributed in part to William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One: Flanders, the French camp. Enter King John of France, his two sons, Charles of Normandy and Philip, and the Duke of Lorraine. Here, till our navy of a thousand sail have made a breakfast to our foe by sea, let us encamp, to wait their happy speed. Lorraine, what readiness is Edward in? How hast thou heard that he provided is of martial furniture for this exploit? To lay aside unnecessary soothing, and not to spend the time in circumstance, tis bruited for a certainty, my lord, that he's exceedingly strongly fortified. His subjects flock as willingly to war as if unto a triumph they were led. England was wont to harbour malcontents, bloodthirsty and seditious Catalines, spendthrifts, and such as gape for nothing else but changing and alteration of the state. And is it possible that they are now so loyal in themselves? All but the Scot, who solemnly protests, as heretofore I have informed his grace, never to sheathe his sword or take a truce ah that's the anchorage of some better hope but on the other side to think what friends king edward hath retained in netherland among those ever bibbing epicures those frothy dutchmen puffed with double beer that drink and swill in every place they come doth not a little aggravate mine ire besides we hear the emperor conjoins and stalls him in his own authority but all the mightier that their number is the greater glory reaps the victory some friends have we beside domestic power the stern polonian and the warlike dane the king of bohemia and of sicily are all become confederates with us and as i think are marching hither apace drum within but soft i hear the music of their drums by which i guess that their approach is near enter the king of bohemia with danes and a polonian captain with other soldiers another way king john of france as league and neighbourhood requires when friends are any way distressed i come to aid thee with my country's force and from great moscow fearful to the turk and lofty poland nurse of hardy men i bring these servitors to fight for thee who willingly will venture in thy cause welcome bohemian king and welcome all this your great kindness i will not forget besides your plentiful rewards in crowns that from our treasury ye shall receive there comes a hare-brained nation decked in pride the spoil of whom will be a treble gain and now my hope is full my joy complete at sea we are as puissant as the force of agamemnon in the haven of troy by land with xerxes we compare of strength whose soldiers drank up rivers in their thirst then bayard-like blind overweening ned to reach at our imperial diadem is either to be swallowed of the waves or hacked to pieces when thou comest ashore enter mariner near to the coast i have descried my lord as i was by in my watchful charge the proud armada of king edward's ships 
which at the first, far off when I did ken, seemed as it were a grove of withered pines, but drawing near, their glorious bright aspect, their streaming ensigns wrought of coloured silk, like to a meadow full of sundry flowers, adorns the naked bosom of the earth. Majestical the order of their course, figuring the horned circle of the moon, and on the top gallant of the admiral, and likewise all the handmaids of his train, the arms of England and of France unite, are quartered equally by herald's art. Thus, tightly carried with a merry gale, they plough the ocean hitherward amain. Dare he already crop the flare de luce? I hope, the honey being gathered thence, he with the spider afterward approached, shall suck forth deadly venom from the leaves. But where's our navy? How are they prepared to wing themselves against this flight of ravens? They, having knowledge brought them by the scouts, did break from anchor straight, and puffed with rage, no otherwise than were their sails with wind, made forth, as when the empty eagle flies to satisfy his hungry griping maw. There's for thy news. Return unto thy bark, and if thou scape the bloody stroke of war, and do survive the conflict, come again, and let us hear the manner of the fight. Exit Mariner. Mean space, my lords, tis best we be dispersed to several places, lest they chance to land. First you, my lord, with your bohemian troops, shall pitch your batailles on the lower hand. My eldest son, the Duke of Normandy, together with the aid of Muscovites, shall climb the higher ground another way. Here, in the middle cost, betwixt you both, Philip, my youngest boy, and I will lodge. So, lores, be gone, and look unto your charge. You stand for France, an empire fair and large. Exeunt. Now, tell me, Philip, what is thy concept touching the challenge that the English make? I say, my lord, claim Edward what he can, and bring he ne'er so plain a pedigree. Tis you are in the possession of the crown, and that's the surest point of all the law. But were it not, yet ere he should prevail, I'll make a conduit of my dearest blood, or chase those straggling upstarts home again. Well said, young Philip. Call for bread and wine, that we may cheer our stomachs with repast, to look our foes more sternly in the face. A table and provisions brought in, the battle heard afar off. Now is begun the heavy day at sea. Fight, Frenchmen, fight, be like the field of bears when they defend their younglings in the caves. Stir, angry nemesis, the happy helm, that with the sulphur battles of your rage the English fleet may be dispersed and sunk. Shot. Oh, father, how this echoing cannon-shot, like sweet harmony, digests my eats. Now, boy, thou hearest what thundering terror tis to buckle for a kingdom's sovereignty. The earth with giddy trembling when it shakes, or when the exhalations of the air breaks in extremity of lightning flash, affrights not more than kings when they dispose to show the rancour of their high swollen hearts. Retreat retreat is sounded one side hath the worse oh if it be the french sweet fortune turn and in thy turning change the forward winds that with advantage of a favouring sky our men may vanquish and the other fly enter mariner my heart misgives say mirror of pale death to whom belongs the honour of this day 
relate i pray thee if thy breath will serve the sad discourse of this discomfiture i will my lord my gracious sovereign france hath ta'en the foil and boasting edward triumphs with success these iron-hearted navies when last i was reported to your grace both full of angry spleen of hope and fear hasting to meet each other in the face at last conjoined and by their admiral our admiral encountered many shot by this the other that beheld these twain gave earnest penny of a further rack like fiery dragons took their haughty flight and likewise meeting from their smoky wombs sent many grim ambassadors of death then gan the day to turn to gloomy night and darkness did as well enclose the quick as those that were but newly reft of life no leisure served for friends to bid farewell and if it had the hideous noise was such as each to other seemed deaf and dumb purple the sea whose channel filled as fast with streaming gore that from the maimed fell as did her gushing moisture break into the crannied cleftures of the through-shot planks here flew a head dissevered from the trunk there mangled arms and legs were tossed aloft as when a whirlwind takes the summer dust and scatters it in middle of the air then might ye see the reeling vessels split and tottering sink into the ruthless flood until their lofty tops were seen no more all shifts were tried both for defence and hurt and now the effect of valour and of force of resolution and of cowardice we lively pictures how the one for fame the other by compulsion laid about much did the nonpareil that brave ship so did the black snake of bullen than which a bonnier vessel never yet spread sail but all in vain both sun the wind and tide revolted all unto our foemen's side that we perforce were fain to give them way and they are landed thus my tale is done we have untimely lost and they have won then rests there nothing but with present speed to join our several forces all in one and bid them battle ere they range too far come gentle philip let us hence depart this soldier's words have pierced thy father's heart exeunt act three scene two picardy fields near cressy enter two frenchmen a woman and two little children meet them and other citizens well met my masters how now what's the news and wherefore are ye laden thus with stuff what is it quarter-day that you remove and carry bag and baggage too quarter-day ay and quartering-day i fear have you not heard the news that flies abroad what news how the french navy is destroyed at sea and that the english army is arrived what then what then quoth you why is not time to fly when envy and destruction is so nigh content thee man they are far enough from hence and will be met i warrant ye to their cost before they break so far into the realm ay so the grasshopper doth spend the time in mirthful jollity till winter come and then too late he would redeem his time when frozen cold hath nipped his careless head he that no sooner will provide a cloak than when he sees it doth begin to rain may peradventure for his negligence be thoroughly washed when he suspects it not 
we that have charge and such a train as this must look in time to look for them and us least when we would we cannot be relieved belike you then despair of all success and think your country will be subjugate we cannot tell tis good to fear the worst yet rather fight then like unnatural sons forsake your loving parents in distress tush they that have already taken arms are many fearful millions in respect of that small handful of our enemies but tis a rightful quarrel must prevail edward is son unto our late king's sister when john valois is three degrees removed besides there goes a prophecy abroad published by one that was a friar once whose oracles have many times proved true and now he says the time will shortly come when as a lion roused in the west shall carry hence the fleur de luce of france these i can tell you and such like surmises strike many french men cold into the heart enter a frenchman fly countrymen and citizens of france sweet flowering peace the root of happy life is quite abandoned and expulsed the land instead of whom ransacked constraining war sits like the ravens upon your houses tops slaughter and mischief walk within your streets and unrestrained make havocs they pass the form whereof even now myself beheld upon this fair mountain whence i came for so far as i directed mine eyes i might perceive five cities all on fire cornfields and vineyards burning like an oven and as the reeking vapour in the wind turned but aside i likewise might discern the poor inhabitants escape the flame full numberless upon the soldiers pikes three ways these dreadful ministers of wrath do tread the measures of their tragic march upon the right hand comes the conquering king upon the left his hot unbridled son and in the midst our nation's glittering host all which though distant yet conspire in one to leave a desolation where they come fly therefore citizens if you be wise seek out some habitation further off here if you stay your wives will be abused your treasure shared before your weeping eyes shelter yourselves for now the storm doth rise away away methinks i hear their drums ah wretched france i greatly fear thy fall thy glory shaketh like a tottering wall Exeunt. Act three, scene three. The same. Drums. Enter King Edward and the Earl of Derby with soldiers and Gobain de Grey. Where's the Frenchman by whose cunning guide we found the shallow of this river's home, and had directions how to pass the sea? Here, my good lord. How art thou called? Tell me thy name. Gobain de Grey, if it please your majesty then gobine for the service thou hast done we here enlarge and give thee liberty and for recompense beside this good thou shalt receive five hundred marks in gold i know not how we should have met our son whom now in heart i wish i might behold enter artois good news my lord the prince is hard as hand and with him comes lord audley and the rest whom since our landing we could never meet. Enter Prince Edward, Lord Audley, and soldiers. Welcome, fair prince. How hast thou sped, my son, 
since thy arrival on the coast of France. Successfully, I thank the gracious heavens. Some of their strongest cities we have won, as Harflu, Low, Crote, and Carantine, and others wasted, leaving at our heels a wide apparent field and beaten path for solitariness to progress in. Yet those that would submit we kindly pardoned, but who in scorn refused our proffered peace endured the penalty of sharp revenge. Ah, France, why shouldst thou be thus obstinate against the kind embracement of thy friends? How gently had we thought to touch thy breast, and set our foot upon thy tender mould! But that, in froward and disdainful pride, thou, like a skittish and untamed colt, dost start aside and strike us with thy heels. But tell me, Ned, in all thy warlike course, hast thou not seen the usurping king of France? Yes, my good lord, and not two hours ago, with full a hundred thousand fighting men, upon the one side of the river's bank and on the other both his multitudes. I feared he would have cropped our smaller power, but happily, perceiving your approach, he hath withdrawn himself to Cressy Plains, where, as it seemeth by his good array, he means to bid us battle presently. He shall be welcome. That's the thing we crave. Enter King John, Dukes of Normandy and Lorraine, King of Bohemia, young Philip, and soldiers. Edward, know that John, the true King of France, musing thou shouldst encroach upon his land and in thy tyrannous proceedings slay his faithful subjects and subvert his towns spits in thy face and in this manner following abrades thee with thine arrogant intrusion first i condemn thee for a fugitive a thievish pirate and a needy mate one that hath either no abiding place, or else, inhabiting some barren soil, where neither herb or fruitful grain is had, doest altogether live by pilfering. Next, insomuch thou hast infringed thy faith, broke liege, and solemn covenant made with me, I hold thee for a false, pernicious wretch. And, last of all, although I scorn to cope with one so much inferior to myself, yet in respect thy thirst is all for gold thy labour rather to be feared than loved to satisfy thy lust in either part here am i come and with me have i brought exceeding store of treasure pearl and coin leave therefore now to persecute the weak and armed entering conflict with the armed let it be seen mongst other petty thefts how thou canst win this pillage manfully if gall or wormwood have a pleasant taste then is thy salutation honey sweet but as the one hath no such property so is the other most satirical yet what how i regard thy worthless taunts if thou have uttered them to foil my fame or dim the reputation of my birth know that thy wolvish barking cannot hurt if slyly to insinuate with the world and with a strumpet's artificial line to paint thy vicious and deformed cause be well assured the counterfeit will fade and in the end thy foul defects be seen 
but if thou didst it to provoke me on as who should say i were but timorous or coldly negligent did need a spur bethink thyself how slack i was at sea how since my landing i have won no towns entered no further but upon the coast and there have ever since securely slept but if i have been otherwise employed imagine valois whether i intend to skirmish not for pillage but for the crown which thou dost wear and that i vow to have or one of us shall fall into his grave look not for cross invectives at our hands or railing execrations of despite let creeping serpents hid in hollow banks sting with their tongues we have remorseless swords and they shall plead for us and our affairs yet thus much briefly by my father's leave as all the immodest poison of thy throat is scandalous and most notorious lies and our pretended quarrel is truly just so end the battle when we meet to-day may either of us prosper and prevail or luckless cursed receive eternal shame that needs no further question and i know his conscience witnesseth it is my right therefore valois say wilt thou yet resign before the sickles thrust into the corn or that enkindled fury turn to flame edward i know what right thou hast in france and ere i basely will resign my crown this champion field shall be a pool of blood and all our prospect as a slaughter-house ay that approves thee tyrant what thou art no father king or shepherd of thy realm but one that tears her entrails with thy hands and like a thirsty tiger suckst her blood you peers of france why do you follow him that is so prodigal to spend your lives whom should they follow aged impotent but he that is their true-born sovereign o breedest thou him because within his face time hath engraved deep characters of age no these grave scholars of experience like stiff-grown oaks will stand immovable when whirlwind quickly turns up younger trees was ever any of thy father's house king but thyself before this present time edward's great lineage by the mother's side five hundred years hath held the sceptre up judge then conspirators by this descent which is the true-born sovereign this or that father range your battles prate no more these english fain would spend the time in words that night approaching they might escape unfought lords and my loving subjects now's the time that your intended force must bide the touch therefore my friends consider this in brief he that you fight for is your natural king he against whom you fight a foreigner he that you fight for rules in clemency and reigns you with a mild and gentle bit he against whom you fight if he prevail will straight enthrone himself in tyranny 
makes slaves of you and with a heavy hand curtail and curb your sweetest liberty then to protect your country and your king let but the haughty courage of your hearts answer the number of your able hands and we shall quickly chase these fugitives for what's this edward but a belly-god a tender and lascivious wantonness that the other day was almost dead for love and what i pray you is his goodly guard such as but scant them of their chines of beef and take away their downy feather-beds and presently they are as resty stiff as twere a many overridden jades then frenchmen scorn that such should be your lords and rather bind ye them in captive bands vive le roy god save king john of france now on this plain of cressy spread yourselves and edward when thou darest begin the fight exeunt king john charles philip lorraine bohemia and forces we presently will meet thee john of france and english lords let us resolve this day either to clear us of that scandalous crime or be entombed in our innocence and ned because this battle is the first that ever yet thou foughtest in pitched field as ancient custom is of martialists to dub thee with a tip of chivalry in solemn manner we will give thee arms come therefore heralds orderly bring forth a strong attirement for the prince my son enter four heralds bringing in a coat of armour a helmet a lance and a shield edward plantagenet in the name of god as with this armour i impale thy breast so be thy noble unrelenting heart walled in with flint of matchless fortitude that never base affections enter there fight and be valiant conquer where thou comest now follow lords and do him honour too edward plantagenet prince of wales as i do set this helmet on thy head wherewith the chamber of thy brain is fenced so may the temples with bologna's hand be still adorned with laurel victory fight and be valiant conquer where thou comest edward plantagenet prince of wales receive this lance into thy manly hand use it in fashion of a brazen pen to draw forth bloody stratagems in france and print thy valiant deeds in honour's book fight and be valiant vanquish where thou comest edward plantagenet prince of wales hold take this target wear it on thy arm and may the view thereof like perseus shield astonish and transform thy gazing foes to senseless images of meagre death fight and be valiant conquer where thou comest now wants there naught but knighthood which deferred we leave till thou hast won it in the field my gracious father and ye forward peers this honour you have done me animates and cheers my green yet scarce appearing strength with comfortable good presaging signs 
no otherwise than did old jacob's words when as he breathed his blessings on his sons these hallowed gifts of yours when i profane or use them not to glory of my god to patronage the fatherless and poor or for the benefit of england's peace benumb my joints wax feeble both mine arms wither my heart that like a sapless tree i may remain the map of infamy then thus our steeled battles shall be ranged the leading of the vayward ned is thine to dignify whose lusty spirit the more we temper it with audley's gravity that courage and experience joined in one your manage may be second unto none for the main battles i will guide myself and darby in a rearward march behind that orderly disposed and set in ray let us to horse and god grant us the day exeunt act three scene four the same alarum enter a many frenchmen flying after them prince edward running then enter king john and duke of lorraine o oh, lorraine say what mean our men to fly our number is far greater than our foes the garrison of genoese my lord that came from paris weary with their march grudging to be so suddenly employed no sooner in the forefront took their place but straight retiring so dismayed the rest as likewise they betook themselves to flight in which for haste to make a safe escape more in the clustering throng are pressed to death than by the enemy a thousandfold o oh, hapless fortune let us yet assay if we can counsel some of them to stay exeunt act three scene five the same enter king edward and audley lord audley whiles our son is in the chase withdraw our powers unto this little hill and here a season let us breathe ourselves i will my lord exit sound retreat just dooming heaven whose secret providence to our gross judgment is inscrutable how are we bound to praise thy wondrous works that hast this day given way unto the right and made the wicked stumble at themselves enter artois rescue king edward rescue for thy son rescue artois what is he prisoner or by violence fell beside his horse neither my lord but narrowly beset with turning frenchmen whom he did pursue as tis impossible that he should scape except your highness presently descend tut let him fight we gave him arms to-day and he is labouring for a knighthood man enter darby the prince my lord the prince oh succour him he is close encompassed with a world of odds. Then will he win a world of honour, too, if he by valour can redeem him thence. If not, what remedy? We have more sons than one to comfort our declining age. Enter Audley. Oh, renowned Edward, give me leave, I pray, to lead my soldiers, where I may relieve your grace's son, in danger to be slain. The snares of French, like emmets on a bank, muster about him, whilst he, lion-like, entangled in the net of their assaults, 
frantically rends and bites the woven toil but all in vain he cannot free himself oddly content i will not have a man on pain of death sent forth to succour him that is the day ordained by destiny to season his courage with those grievous thoughts that if he breaketh out nestor's years on earth will make him savour still of this exploit ah but he shall not live to see those days why then his epitaph is lasting praise yet good my lord tis too much wilfulness to let his blood be spilt that may be saved exclaim no more for none of you can tell whether a borrowed aid will serve or no perhaps he is already slain or ta'en and dare a falcon when she's in her flight and ever after she'll be haggard like let edward be delivered by our hands and still in danger he'll expect the like but if himself himself redeem from thence he will have vanquished cheerful death and fear and ever after dread their force no more than if they were but babes or captive slaves o oh, cruel father farewell edward then farewell sweet prince the hope of chivalry oh would my life might ransom him from death retreat sounded but soft methinks i hear the dismal charge of trumpets loud retreat all are not slain i hope that went with him some will return with tidings good or bad enter prince edward in triumph bearing in his hands his shivered lance and the king of bohemia born before wrapped in the colours they run and embrace him o joyful sight victorious edward lives welcome brave prince welcome plantagenet kneels and kisses his father's hand first having done my duty as beseemed lords i regreet you all with hearty thanks and now behold after my winter's toil my painful voyage on the boisterous sea of war's devouring gulfs and steely rocks i bring my fraught unto the wished port my summer's hope my travel's sweet reward and here with humble duty i present this sacrifice this first fruit of my sword cropped and cut down even at the gate of death the king of boham father whom i slew whose thousands had entrenched me round about and lay as thick upon my battered crest as on an anvil with their ponderous glaives yet marble courage still did underprop and when my weary arms with often blows like the continual labouring woodman's axe that is enjoined to fell a load of oaks began to falter straight i would record my gifts you gave me and my zealous vow and then new courage made me fresh again that in despite i carved my passage forth and put the multitude to speedy flight lo thus hath edward's hand filled your request and done i hope the duty of a knight ay well thou hast deserved a knighthood ned and therefore with thy sword yet reeking warm his sword borne by a soldier with blood of those that fought to be thy bane arise prince edward trusty knight-at-arms 
this day thou hast confounded me with joy, and proved thyself fit heir unto a king. Here is a note, my gracious lord, of those that in this conflict of our foes were slain, eleven princes of esteem, fourscore barons, a hundred and twenty knights, and thirty thousand common soldiers, and of our men a thousand. Our God be praised! Now, John of France, I hope thou knowest King Edward for no wantonness, no lovesick cockney, nor his soldiers' jades. But which way is the fearful king escaped? Towards Poitiers, noble father, and his sons. Ned, thou and Audley shall pursue them still. Myself and Derby will to Callis straight, and there be begirt that haven town with siege. Now lies it on an upshot, therefore strike, and wistly follow, whiles the game's on foot. What picture's this? A pelican, my lord, wounding her bosom with her crooked beak, that so her nest of young ones may be fed with drops of blood that issue from her heart. The motto, Sic et vos, and so should you. Exeunt. End of Act Three.